Welcome to Talks at the Cross. The official podcast of the Cross Point Church. Welcome, you guys. Welcome to a new episode this week. Uh, we want to continue to thank you guys for all the support you've been giving us. Uh, we feel like this new format is starting to reach more people, and we have more people discussing um, faith and what God is doing for them. And we just want to thank you guys for all the impact. We want to thank uh, all the Samano family for the support and their help on we're filming this, recording this. We want to give a special shout out to my brother, Big G being the audio uh, producer on this podcast, my sister-in-law, Paula, for uh, doing the behind-the-scenes camera work. Uh, we can't do it without you guys, so we appreciate it. God bless you guys. Uh, today's episode, or today's topic, it's going to be a new perspective. We're going to be talking about what it's like to be a PK. For those of you that, that don't know, uh, a PK is a pastor's kid or, you know, a pastor's child, you know, son of a, the leader of the church. And as you know, uh, my testimony, you know, my father's a bishop. I, I grew up in the church. My father also grew up in the church. So I feel like our backgrounds are similar. You know, we grew up both, you know, uh, living by faith, uh, you know, working for the kingdom, that kingdom mentality. And we want to show you a different perspective today, though. We want to show you behind the scenes. You know, not everything's always, uh, you know, sunshines and rainbows. I know, you know, you see us up there. We're, we're in the front row. We're, we're, we're clapping our hands the loudest. We're on the instruments. But sometimes... Uh, Things get real and, you know, God willing, we're going to do this right. We're going to be respectable. We're not going to disrespect anybody. So without further ado, we're going to start this off. And I just want to ask my father, uh, what does it mean to you to be a pastor's son? I think Aaron, this topic is a topic that uh, for many years have been a taboo. Nobody wanted to talk about it. Uh, and the reason for that is because, uh, you know, we didn't know any different. Our fathers and grandfathers were taught that, uh, you know, God was first, uh, church was first, and family was third or fourth. And and like Aaron said, not everybody, but the majority of the Pentecostal and apostolic uh, preachers uh, gave 100% to the church. And so being a PK, it was a taboo that many people didn't want to address, uh, even though uh, behind the scenes uh, in the you know dark shadows, it, there was a lot of problems and there's still a lot of problems there's a lot of PKs that are, are no longer, uh, you know, don't no longer going to church or don't longer have, uh, you know, a relationship with God because some of the mistakes were made as, you know, toward them as pastor's kids. Uh, me growing up as a pastor's son and my father pastoring uh, four, five, six different churches, uh, you know, moving every three years, uh, you know, from Arizona to California and and different areas and different sizes of churches um, every time moving it was trauma and I, I believe and I say with all due respect uh, I'm not going to be here and say that uh, I I felt that I'd say of all my brothers the most uh, maybe because I was uh, more outspoken but uh, you know I, I, I hated to move I hated uh, for my dad to put church even though you know he said it was God first and then us and and you know it was it was a sad situation because uh, everybody else had a, a pastor everybody else had a father uh, they can do a lot of things but we had to be a church we couldn't miss church we couldn't be a normal kid uh, we we had to be on our best behavior if we acted up uh, we were the first to be disciplined I remember even if we didn't act up, we were the first to be disciplined because we were the pastor's kids. So I remember growing up, uh, this is just an example, you know, uh, when my grandpa was preaching, you know, some kids in the back were running around. I was in the front row and I just remember 
you calling me from the pulpit because you said we had to be that example. And yeah, sometimes it's traumatic because you always feel like you have to be on your piece of cues. You gotta be, you know, somebody's gonna tell you, oh, can you, can you quote this scripture right now? Uh, why does your father do that? And it's hard sometimes, like you say, you don't feel like a normal kid. You feel like you always have to have this uh, this facade on, or you always have to have this mentality that, oh, uh, you know, I'm representing not only my church, but representing my father. And sometimes it's hard. It can, like you said, it's traumatic, it can weigh on you. Because sometimes you think, well, I just want to be a you know, regular church member. I want to enjoy the word. But sometimes it feels like you're stepping on pins and needles with certain things. Yeah, I think, and it's, like I say, I'm, we're not here bashing anybody, especially, you know, our, our fathers and grandfathers. They, they did the best they could. But I know there's somebody out there watching this that can relate to us and to relate to you. Uh, you guys being missionary kids uh, and, you know, we being Americans and we, you know, uh, you were born in Italy, so you were part of the majority of my ministry in Europe. So, uh, you know, we were church planning. We were always on the move. We were all on the go. We were always sleeping in different houses. It was not a normal uh, childhood. And, you know, that's the same thing with us. It was, we can no way, uh, you know, put it in a box and say it was normal. It was way out of the normal. It was abnormal. Uh, like I say, there was a lot of things that uh, were lacking. You know, we didn't have the, the ability. Uh, we didn't have the monetary means to do a lot of things because it was church, 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 and a lot of material. I remember I asked my father uh, if I could play sports. And he said, oh, no, you're the pastor's son. And I never could understood that. You know, why? If I, if I'm, you know, I wanted to play sports and, and, you know, to let out some of my energy, the father said, no. You know, uh, he quoted that scripture that says, bodily exercise profits a little. And that's found in Timothy. And I mean, just shot it down. And he said, you, you need to pray more. And it made it sound like I was a failure because I wanted to play sports. And with that being said, I think Aaron's here as a witness. I promised myself that if any of my sons or daughters uh, would, play sports I would try to be at all their games and support him because I realized uh, it had hurt me and for years of my life and I remember uh, I did play behind my father's I remember forged his signature to play uh, some sports in school where I you know had to lie uh, to be able to wrestle to play a little bit of football and you know and, and lie to everybody even my teachers and my coaches uh, I, I recall they used to ask you know come none of your parents ever come to you know telling your games and I would always make up stories but as a child and as a PK uh, you're normal as any other normal child with all your you know hang-ups as a child you're growing up but you don't have the opportunity to voice that and your parents mean well by teaching you to trust God have faith in God recite verses like you would say but the pressure from the church and from the uh, members of the church you know oh and you're the pastor's son? Yeah, I think that's a, a refreshing take right there. A lot of people, like you said, that's taboo or, uh, you know, we hear everything, you know. Uh, we hear all the good and bad, you know. We're not saying, oh, we, we sit down at the dinner table, you know, we talk about it, but it's it's uh, it's hard to ignore, you know. We feel it too, you know. Like you said, I'm, I'm sure you, you felt your father, you know, when he was going through it, when, it, when he had the weight of the church on his back, when he was being spiritually attacked. We feel that too, as uh, as you know, as kids, as pastors, kids, and we get attacked too. You know, the, the devil attacks everybody. He doesn't just stop at the head of the household. You know, it trickles down, and we feel it too, like you said. And sometimes it's hard being a pastor's kid because people look at you to, 
you know, voice their opinion or they look at you to uh, be the stronghold. And it's, it's hard sometimes because, like you said, we're normal, you know, we're normal human beings, but we have that, that it's like a mantle. We have to, we have to live up to that mantle, live up to that, that legacy. And sometimes it's hard because it's like, I'm not my father. You're not your father. We, we, like you said, uh, it's not nepotism. I don't have to do what you do. You don't have to do what I do, but it's just, it's tough when you have to navigate the road, you know, respectively as a Christian and as a human, you know, you have to make that line where, how do I put my pride aside, but at the same time, not be disrespected. And, and I think, Eric, one of the greatest problems that we have, and with all due respect, you know, a lot of church members don't realize and don't accept the fact that uh, a PK is just like their children, and they should be treated just like their children. But it, it is not, it doesn't happen. Uh, the PK has that jacket or that taboo, that stereotype where he has to be perfect. He can't make no mistakes. And, you know, it creates rebellion. It creates, uh, and it, there's this post-traumatic stress that comes with that. You, you deal with it in life with your decisions because you're, you're mad at God and you're mad at your father. And, you know, I, I you know I can count so many times. And like I said, maybe I, my uh, two brothers and my two sisters, I was, uh, and I was considered the black sheep because I spoke out. I said a lot of things. I did a lot of mistakes in the church. I, I rebelled. I remember I would break the, the brothers' antennas in the cars just to get attention. Uh, you know, and then deny it. Oh, I wonder who did it. And they would always say, it was probably Junior, the pastor's son, because they figured it, you know, and, and sometimes they would kind of figure it out that, you know, when I would, they would be praying and feeling the Holy Ghost. I was outside breaking antennas and breaking windows. And as a child, I look back now, you know, I know it was wrong. I should have never done that. But that was my way of getting back to some of them brothers that mistreated me and mistreated my family and my brothers and also my father and my mother, uh, you know, disrespected them, you know, publicly. I remember one time I went to a bathroom and there was a, a male uh, member of the church and he said, he, I mean, drilled me. He said, you're not, you know, you're not a, a good son. You're, you're a bad example for my kids, for the church. You're a disgrace. And I actually, you know, I think I was probably about 10 or 12 and he was a grown man, about 40 or 50. And I remember that I challenged him to fight because I, I, I just rebelled at that moment. I said, he doesn't have no right to say all these things about me or the church or my father. And I, I remember that I called him out. And luckily, you know, another person came in. And if not, I would have, you know, a 12 year would have fought this grown man. Now, I'm not glorifying my mistakes. I'm just telling you reality yeah, is reality. I mean, I still, I mean, I'm 29 years old, you know, I, I know I look younger, but, you know, as, as my age, even now, you know, I, I don't like hearing disrespect, you know, my family and my church, and I think it affects us the most because we know behind the scenes, we know what it is to live by faith, we know what it is to struggle, we know, you know, how our fathers, you know, struggled all week, you know, we working another job or just dealing with the church, you know, dealing with, you know, whatever's going on in the household, and then to come to church and, you know, you hear you're supposed to have that, you know, that's what the communion is and the, the brother and all that. And then to hear somebody disres blatantly disrespect your father, I, I understand how I feel. I feel like that too. I mean, and it's just like you have to, at that point, you got to plead the blood and you have to realize who we're doing this for. I remember you always said, you know, growing up, we don't do this for man. We do this for God. That's what true kingdom mentality is. It's working for the kingdom. And like you said, it's hard. And sometimes people don't see that. 
all we're doing is, you know, is for the church. And, you know, we bleed, sweat, we laugh and cry for the church. And like you said, I always said that, you know, like you said, people have regular fathers. And I always had a, a bishop or a father that was a, you know, a pastor. It's, it's, sometimes it's hard to compartmentalize the two. And how do I just come to you talk to you as a dad or, or I talk to you as a pastor? It, that, that line's hard, too. How did you struggle with, you know, talking to your father? And, hey, dad, can I just talk to you, you know, as a dad? Or, it's not, oh, you don't always have to, you know, get, get gospel on me. No yeah, it, 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 I think like I said it, I mentioned it, it was very hard because I really didn't, I could never talk to my father about, you know, normal things without, you know, uh, feeling that I was disrespecting his ministry or his pastorship. So I really couldn't talk to him about, you know, uh, normal things that, you know, a young kid would be struggling. Uh, you know, I, I love my father and I respected him. I knew he had a calling upon his life. But as Aaron was saying, a lot of people that are listening to this podcast don't understand that the, the pastor's house, uh, there's a lot of sacrifice involved. There's a lot of uh, spiritual warfare. There's a lot of battle. You know, we're, we struggle. We, you know, one of the things that it's hard for people to understand that, you know, why? If he's a man of God, he shouldn't be struggling. And that's totally the contrary. You know, a lot of times we struggle more than the normal church going family because the devil does not want us to have faith and to trust God or live by faith or have that kingdom mentality. And, you know, one of the things that I learned the hard way is that when you do something for God, you have to make sure that you're really con uh, convicted and con uh, totally sure that you're doing it for God or else sooner or later it's going to come back because uh, the human would sooner when he needs you he's your best friend but the moment that 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 member that church member got what you know he wanted from god or from you as a counselor as a pastor uh he's gonna forget you and he's gonna talk bad about you and you gotta keep on loving him because that's your calling but you know sometimes you know it's hard as, a, as it's like i used to tell my father you're the pastor i'm not the pastor yeah. and i would say some choice words to some of the brothers yeah. because I tell them, you know, they tell them, you're the pastor's son. Yeah, and I'm not the pastor. And I, I would send him to hell and make him look forward to it. And a lot of these brothers that are listening that know me, uh, know that, and yes, I did pay a lot of consequences. And then when I became a pastor, I realized this is all about a calling. And I, like I said in the last interview, I didn't never wanted to be a pastor because all the suffering as a PK, and there's some PKs out there listening, Aaron, that really need uh, some words to encourage them to come back to a relationship with God. Because a lot of us, like I did at the age of 14, I blame God. I blame God for a lot of things that uh, it wasn't God's fault. It was man's fault upon my father as a pastor and upon myself. You know, some of the church members pushed me to, to the other end. I mean, some men challenged me uh, to a point where I mean, the devil used them. I can truly say that, I mean, I was, and I wasn't, you know, a perfect little boy. I wasn't a perfect teenager. Uh, but, you know, some of the brothers, the devil used them to bring out, uh, you know, the bad and the ugly in me because uh, the, some of the choice words they told me, they made me feel like I was worthless. It made me feel that even my father, my family was worthless. And sometimes, you know, uh, they would tell me, but they wouldn't tell my father. A lot of times, yeah, they don't, they're not going to go to the head of the household. And I feel like that too sometimes, you know, with all due respect, I feel like too, I shied away from the things of God and it was my, it was part of my doing too. But like you said, you know, you, you hear that constant berating of your family. I, they've never said it to you, but I've heard a lot, you know, growing up and 
I've always considered myself, you know, the black sheep would ever have a rating title at that if anyone wants to take it. But uh, I, I, like I said, I feel like I'm the most human out of, you know, my family. You know, like I'm not a pastor. My brothers are pastors. My, my sister is a pastor. My, my mother, Pastor Carmen, you know, you guys always contributed. always saw you guys as, you know, saints as uh, of the family, you know, of the church. And me, you know, I was more human. So I always say, you know, I'll take it, you know, you know, talk, talk smack about me. Don't talk smack about, you know, the saints of the household. And it never happens like that. And as you said, to the PKs out there that are straying away from God, don't don't allow somebody else to dictate your faith or, or your, your love. I know it's easier said than done. Trust me, I was there. Um, but that's just because, you know, God has something in store for us. And sometimes the devil loves to rob you of a blessing. He loves to come in. You know, when everything's going good, bam, you get that that problem or or you know you have your best friend everything's going good and the one time you're not there for them oh you're dead to them that's it's it's a there's a lot of fair weather fans you know we're talking about sports a lot of fair weather fans in the church or you know today you did this for me it's a lot of what have you done for me lately and that's wrong that's a wrong mentality that's not christian that's not god at all or you know we, we keep a tallies for mark or oh, you know you gave me right to church here or you know you bought me a coffee so this and that a lot of people get offended over little things now and it's, it's, it's wrong, and especially being a PK, you don't know the struggle. We're, we're numb to spiritual warfare. We're numb to, you know, uh, the berating, the constant, you know, uh, back talk or, you know, people talking behind our backs. And it's hard to just sit there, you know, you, you shake a brother's hand, you smile when he knows what he said about your father. And I, I thank God for, you know, giving me temperance and more patience. I'm still dealing with that. I'm human. You know, we all are. But sometimes being a pastor's kid, it's also a privilege, too, because you show them that, hey, even though you're saying all this about my father, even though I'm going through hell right now, I'm gonna keep my head up high. I'm gonna praise God. I'm gonna have it with a smile on my face. That's what I, that's what I always took away from that. And, and I think you know, you hit it right on the nail by saying that when you you learn to survive as a PK, but uh, at the end of the day, I, I believe God also blesses you more. I I look back at my life and a lot of the mistakes I made, but now you know we're looking for, uh, forward. Uh, some of the blessings and uh, some of the experiences, you know, you were saying about spiritual warfare, uh, the knowledge of the word, uh, uh, you know, the, the spiritual reality, uh, uh, discernment. You know, a lot of PKs, have give, God has given them the gift of discernment because they live in a spiritual environment. I, I don't care, uh, you know, how uh, big or small your church is. If you're called to pastor and lead a church, God's going to give you a special anointing. And that special anointing will flow, uh, as the Bible says, uh, from the top of the head of Aaron to the bottom of his beard to the bottom of his feet. And that anointing flows to your family. And you're blessed. You know, you're blessed in so many ways. I was just thinking, you know, remembering uh, when I was in elementary school and my father was pastoring a church here close by in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, I recall that uh, there was a contest to to draw. And, and I, I recall that, you know, you had to draw and and color a painting and uh I, I did it you know and I, I recall that I won first place and uh you know I I was excited I was happy that you know I, I had gotten grades I never thought I was gonna win uh, you know I'm not an artist and, and I'm not a singer but at that time you know I I don't know how maybe the other ones were worse than mine and and I was able to win and, and I recall uh the teacher said you know you could go on to art school you can go on, you know, we'll, you know, try to help you. This is a beautiful painting. And I recall, I said, oh, no, I can't do that. I'm a pastor's kid. And, and now I look back and I say, you know, how sometimes the enemy will 
take away uh, a child or even a teenager or an adult's passion to do something like because of that stereotype that you have. Yeah, I think a lot of times too, you know, growing up, you know, when I was a lot younger, uh, I felt like I was in a box where, oh, I can't play sports, I can't do this because, you know, we have to go to church Monday, Bible study Tuesday, men's group Wednesday, you know, Dothan's group Thursday, Friday. I said, there's no time. Uh, games are on Sundays. You feel, you know, it's good that you feel so connected and you feel that, you know, you know you're working for the kingdom, but at the same time, it puts you in a little box because you feel like you can't branch out of that because you are, I'm only a pastor's kid. You know, I'm not Aaron or I'm not Gilbert. I'm only a pastor's kid. Sometimes we get, uh, we get, we get uh, trapped in that, that, that title, you know, where that's all I am. I'm, I'm just a pastor's kid. I'm not an individual. And that's good, but it's not at the same time. You can't use your, your you can't lose your individuality, who you are, without you know, while serving God. Don't don't lose both. You have to have both. I'm trying to say is, it has to be balanced. Well, you know, and they, uh, Aaron, you hit it right on the money. When you, if you don't have an identity, you lose your identity. And with identity crisis as a PK, uh, I I would dare to say my 40 years experience now in the ministry and dealing with uh, counseling a lot of pastor's kids or preacher's kids, I, I realize that a lot of them are still suffering from post-traumatic stress, from, you know, traumas that they uh, suffered. Uh, you know, I, I recall, and you, uh, you know, I, I can say with all due respect that I was disciplined so many times for things that I really did not do, but I was blamed for being the pastor's kid. I remember one time the toilets got plugged in one of the churches my father pastor in California. I was inside the church, and the first thing they came to send a note to my father, a junior plugged the church's toilets. And uh, my father had a look when he shook his head, and that meant discipline. And I'm not talking about timeout. I'm talking about, uh, uh, you know, Holy Ghost beating with the belt. And I make, you know, I, I used to fall asleep to try to avoid it. My father would bring me home, wake me up, and beat me and tell me, I love you. Uh, you should not plug those toilets. And I would beg and try to leave my cause. Dad, you know, but he says, I got the note. Somebody sent it. And, you know, and these people sometimes would do it on purpose to laugh at you. And then they would tell you the next day in service, how did it go that night? Like making fun of you. And, and that, that creates trauma in a child. And believe it or not, it, it created anger. And it created a rebellion in me. And I started to hate some of these brothers and I showed it to them. I would not want to greet them. I would rebel to them. And, you know, as, as I was growing up, I, you know, it got to a point where uh, I didn't, I couldn't have a relationship. And it all started because of some of these uh, stress that some of these brothers would put. And naturally, not all of them were like that. I'm not stereotyping or making them all the same. Uh, there were some brothers that were sincere. Uh, we had some brothers who would bring you the cornflakes and milk. And others, you know, would talk about you because uh, you were too fat or too skinny or, you know, you didn't have the, uh, the name brand clothes back then. And, you know, it, it was stress. It was a lot of stress. And yet, like you said, Aaron, there's also blessings for all that oh, suffering. Oh. I mean, first off, I want to say, we said this before, when you work for God and kingdom mentality is always going to be stressful or else you're not going to have any blessings. Like you said, better check your pulse if you don't have any problems and when you want to work for God. And um, yeah, it is PTSD. There's a lot of post-traumatic stress that, you know, as as kids, we don't even know we have PTSD. We just know that something's off and, and you feel it, you know. Like I, I, when I was growing up, I didn't know the whole story, but, you know, I felt it when, when you know, you and, you know, Pastor Carmen, you know, would 
would have that on you. It weighs down on the whole family. It trickles down. It's not just, you know, when you're a pastor, you're not just pastoring by yourself. We're with you. Your family's with you. And it is. There's a lot of things you, that now, as I'm getting older, I'm starting to address, like, okay, yeah that, yeah, that was PTSD. That was traumatic. You know, to have a, a brother come to your house, you know, you fellowship with him, you know, you pray for him. And then for him to backstab you like that, it's like, whoa, are all these people like this? It's just a church. And you start to question everything. And then I'm not, I'm not, uh, Putting that out there to disrespect anyone, it, just, it is what it is. We're being real here. We've had so many people we've helped out, you know, turn their back on us or whatever, and to just keep going forward, it's traumatic. That's post traumatic trust in itself. But we do this all for the glory of God. I'm not, you know, glorifying man right now. I'm not saying, oh, I'm giving up, or oh, I'm never gonna go back to church. I'm just saying what it is. It's hard, but we get through it because God loves us and gives us that everlasting grace. And like you said, sometimes in the eye of the storm, He shows up. You know, I, you know, that brother, I remember some of those brothers asking for forgiveness. And I told them, you know, my father telling me, that's God. That wasn't me. I didn't ask him for forgiveness. I just prayed on them. And I said, sometimes you just have to pray for people and leave them in God's hands. And yeah, don't get me, don't get twisted. I do want to come off that cross sometimes, say some choice words. And, you know, I'm not one for disrespecting my father, the Samana family, but I know God is working within me and people watching this podcast just know, you know, I, I struggle with that here sometimes. I struggle with, you know, I'm going to say depression sometimes, anxiety, whatever. But with, through God, we can go through all things. And like you said, that they don't get it. But we're, we're trying to break that narrative right now and show you guys that, yeah, you're not you're not the only ones that dealt with that. There's a bunch of people out there. I bet if we had a Q&A, we'd have a million questions or a million experiences of people, you know, uh, sharing what they went through. And I just want to say, we're all... You know, with God, all things are possible, and don't lose that faith. I mean, it's, it's easier said than done. We want to have a lot of those prodigals come back. I, I think you hit it right on on the money by saying uh, this is a, a podcast you could identify. You can identify. There's PKs out there, uh, male and female, that maybe need to understand that. Uh, you know, a lot of people have asked me, you know, how did you do it, Brother Simon? How did you, you know, how how you been in the ministry 40 years and been married 40 years and planted churches all over the world? And how did you do it, you know, and thinking that it's just, you know, something so easy? And if I could tell you some of the struggle, the pain, uh, the, you know, the trials, the warfare that you deal, yet you come to a point and we're coming to a conclusion but we want you to understand like Aaron says there's hope there's hope for you you PKs that are listening to this there's hope for you there you can come back and have a relationship with God it's not God's fault for what you went through and, and your family your father your mother uh, and you know and whether you're listening as a prodigal or you're listening as a PK and maybe you can help other PKs and encourage him and, and, and give him respect. I, I recall just to close that uh, one time I was feeling really down about uh, some things that were going on in church. And Aaron says, you know, my father wasn't telling us, but I could sense my father was uh, hurting. And I remember I really felt bad. And I, I was at church and a sister came up to me and said, you know, uh, Junior, one day you understand that what your dad does, he does it for God. And those words I'll never forget. I was probably about eight years old. An eight-year-old hearing those words from a church member uh, encouraging me and, and also, you know, prophesying to me. One day you're going to be a pastor. And, you know, in my head, I was saying, no way, Jose. That's the farthest thing. Uh, we want to come to a conclusion. Aaron, some last words? I just want to say a you know, final thought. 
it's never too late to, you know, forgive someone or reach out to somebody. I know as PKs, we harbor a lot of stuff, but put it all on God. You know, forgive that brother that offended you. Forgive that sister that offended you. Forgive that pastor that offended you. Forgive that family that offended you. And that's what we want to do. God bless all you guys. And that, with that being said, just to have a final prayer. God bless. Dear God, we come before your holy presence. We thank you, God, for being able to talk about this uh, so profound topic, God. We know we had just scratched the surface, but what we can't do, your Holy Spirit can do. And right now, there's somebody listening to this podcast and that needs an encouraging word, God. We ask your Holy Spirit to touch their lives. Make them understand, God, that you still love them. And no matter how far they might be, you can bring them back with cords of love. And as everyone's saying, God, that they may forgive those who have wronged them as you have forgiven us. We thank you for this opportunity. We ask you to bless and help those in need right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we declare and decree healing in Jesus' name. May God bless you. Don't forget to like, share, and uh, with other people, the Talks at the Cross, the official podcast at the Cross Point Church.